0: Interesting. Neighborhood amenities may have played a role in mitigating youth's mental health during the pandemic and joining us to talk about this is AJ Ray, who is a PhD candidate in geography at Western University. AJ, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about this story. We're hearing so much stuff about what happened during the pandemic, but how has this affected, I guess, our youth? What are you finding?
1: So to be clear, this study that we ran was actually a survey done during the first six months of the pandemic. So we're looking retrospectively back at what happened during the first six months and how did that impact sort of declines in youth mental health as well as changes in stress levels. And really what we found was uh, a difference of amenities uh, resulting in Different patterns of how people's mental health changed during that time period.
0: Now, when we talk about amenities, what are we talking about here, AJ? Uh,
1: So we're talking about things like parks, fast food outlets, convenience stores, grocery stores, pretty much the only places you could go at the start of the pandemic.
0: Okay, so would it be different from one amenity to another, or was this just a general overview?
1: Uh, So really what we found is parks actually didn't really matter much for youth mental health among our sample which is really interesting because there was a lot of discussion in the first year of the pandemic and there's been some evidence that's come out over the next couple years that parks were actually really helpful for helping people's mental health but we didn't see those same effects among youth.
0: So, uh, I mean, I could do an assumption in saying that, well, maybe they were gaming in the basement, you know, the old typical stuff. But but it w- were they able to dig a little deeper as to what might have been the case there or no?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what we did find, though, is fast food outlets and convenience stores ah. did help youth. Okay. And so what we think is this is a pre-pandemic issue where our parks are not designed for youth. They don't really cater for them but fast food outlets and convenience stores have always provided a cool place to hang out. And we think during the pandemic, even though you couldn't really hang out within those spaces, they still provided opportunities for social interaction at a distance. and also provided a little bit more of a, a routine to life than uh, what a park would for someone in that age group.
0: That, that's a great point. I would never have thought about that. But I, I guess if you're somebody, let's say the city of Edmonton, and you heard this kind of stats, you probably start thinking to yourself, well, then what are we going to do to make parks a little more attractive for this particular demo? I'm sure other places are thinking that, huh?
1: Absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons out of our study is that planners and landscape architects and people that program within parks need to think about how we better incorporate youth perspectives into this right. and think about what are the spaces that they're currently hanging out in, what do they like about those spaces, and how can we replicate that in our parks to hopefully make them more attractive.
0: So what are some of the other things that maybe surprised you a little bit, either positively or negatively?
1: Uh, So really, I think what surprised us positively was there were some youth that reported a reduction in stress levels. And what we think that was related to is a lessening of sort of academic requirements, particularly among those in their sort of final years of high school. Yeah. Which was a good thing to see that, you know, it wasn't all bad during those first six months of the pandemic. But one of the most concerning trends that we saw was Particularly among suburban boys, they reported the greatest declines in their overall mental health, which signifies to me that there was a real issue with loneliness. And what we think was happening there was that suburban boys kind of got cut off from their social network at school. Right. And they weren't as prepared to transition to sort of digital social networks that maybe some of the girls um, had already established prior to the pandemic happening. So really, we might want to, over the next couple of years, make sure we keep an eye on how boys are doing, and particularly if we do have another scenario where they get cut off from sort of in-person at-school contact.
0: You, you know, it's, it's a great point. I have a 17-year-old right now who was 13 at the time, and I was really worried about the fact he couldn't be with his buddies, right? More than anything else, the schooling stuff would come. We weren't too worried about that, but it was just being able to reconnect with his 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 network, his friends, and it's, it's come along nicely ever since, but you always worry about that kind of stuff, don't you?
1: Absolutely. And I think that's what many parents uh, across the country were concerned about. And, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye on it. And there's many researchers across the country that are keeping a tab on uh, on outcomes from the pandemic and, and making sure we tackle anything as that as emerges.
0: Anything else big out of there that uh, that really stood out as well?
1: Uh, Not really from our perspective, I think, you know, this is an interesting study from an amenities perspective. Um, There's been a lot of work on academic achievement. One of the other interesting things that happened is suicide rates substantially dropped among youth during the pandemic, which actually was a really positive Hmm. result. So we're hopeful that those rates don't climb back up to their 2019 levels and that there has been some positive change out of the last
0: couple of years. AJ, why do you think that, why do you think it went that way?
1: Um, So that would be uh, the realm of some of my other colleagues in nursing at Western University and and other colleagues. But I think really what we're seeing there is that there was a shift in how we're thinking about academic pressures being placed on high school students. Perhaps there's been less pressure uh, placed on them to perform and you know figure out their life at age 17. And you know hopefully that's that's translating to long term. The other thing too is People have found online communities that support themselves um, and make them feel like they have belonging even if maybe they're excluded in their day-to-day lives.
0: Do, Do you find that people get stronger by going through something so difficult as that period was?
1: But I would say, you know, that is definitely a hypothesis going forward right. of resiliency. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what are the patterns of people's resilience uh, to, to long term change. And, you know, maybe this generation that's gone through the pandemic is going to yet again be one of the most resilient generations.
0: So, what are you working on next? Because that's a big one that you just talked about.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> I'm actually leading a study called Park Seat Canada. That is looking at creating Canada's first national geo-database of parks. So we're mapping out all the parks across Canada. And we're going to be releasing some really exciting findings over the summer uh, related to just generally a national snapshot of how people relate to their parks and how parks may have affected them over the last couple of years.
0: Excellent. Hey, we look forward to seeing that and hearing from you maybe over the summer sometime, okay?
1: Absolutely, and thank you for having me on this afternoon.
0: Thanks, A.J., appreciate it. There you go, A.J. Ray, Ph.D. candidate in geography at Western University.